and good morning, friend. Thank you so much for joining me on this beautiful morning. My name is Pastor Gerald, and you are listening to Grace Waves, brought to you by Greater Grace Church, South Africa. Well, friend, welcome back, and thank you for joining us once again as we continue our theme for this week, which is Keeping Hope. Now, you know, friend, that in the age that we live today, it is so easy for us to feel hopeless. There are so many negative things going around, especially on social media and just media in general. You must be so careful not to be consumed by these things, the negativity of the news, the negativity of social media and and things being shared on the internet and so forth. And just the general negativity of people as well with those around you. And you know that there is a reason why the media is so negative why all the news can all that they can talk about is the negative things and why the negative things always get all the attention and this is a tool that satan uses to discourage to dishearten and to separate societies and nations he actually uses this to make people feel hopeless Because then it means that they have given up, they do not care anymore, they do not want to continue. And therefore he weakens the nations by having them to be hopeless. And this is not something new, he has been doing this for ages and ages in the past. It is not a new tactic that he is applying today, but we still see this because his desire is to destroy, to kill and to steal, to separate people, to bring hopelessness and to take the lives of people. Now, friend, you must be careful in your own life not to allow the feeling and atmosphere of of hopelessness to enter into your life. Not to enter into your home, your family, your mind, your friends. It should not be allowed. Hopelessness should never be tolerated. Now I want to read you a story to illustrate my point here today. And this story is from Second Kings, and we'll read from verse sorry, Second Kings chapter nineteen, and we're gonna start by reading only verse eight to verse thirteen. Now, please excuse me if I mispronounce some of these ancient names. They are quite difficult to pronounce, especially if you haven't read this a hundred (laughs) times. But in 2 Kings chapter 19, the story goes as follows. So the background here is that um, Jerusalem was being besieged by the king of Assyria. And the king at this time in Jerusalem was King Hezekiah. And so the king of Assyria is is laying siege to the city, or he wants to lay siege, and he's threatening them. So the story goes from verse 8. So Rabshakeh returned and found the king of Assyria warring against Libna, for he had heard that he was departed from Lachish. And when he heard say of Terka, Ter, Terhaka, king of Ethiopia, behold, He has come out to fight against thee. He sent messengers unto Hezekiah, saying, Thus shall you speak to Hezekiah the king of Judah, saying, Let not your God in whom you trust deceive you, saying, Jerusalem shall not be delivered into the hand of king of Assyria. Behold, you have heard what the kings of Assyria have done to all the lands, destroying them utterly. And shall you be delivered? 
Has the kings of the nations delivered them which my fathers have destroyed? As Gozan, as Haran, as Zeref, as the children of Eden which were in Thelassar? Where is the king of Hamath, the king of Arpad, the king of the city of Sephaphim, and of Hina, and of Eva? You see, friends, here that the reason why you are feeling hopeless many times is because the enemy has convinced you that your God is not able. Just like the king of Syria here, he was playing down on God and saying that God is deceiving him, that God is not going to keep his promise. And therefore, he was trying to get Hezekiah to be hopeless and to give up, to stop fighting, to stop resisting and just to give up. The problems that you have or the problem that you have is that you make your problems so big that it seems that they are bigger than what God can handle. Fear has made problems your God and has made your God your problem. And just like the king of Assyria, the enemy wants you to feel hopeless, to think that God is not able to help you, to change the situation, to deliver you, to bring change in your life, to bring change in your marriage, to, to, to bring change in your home, to bring change in your family and in your country, that God is not able to heal, that God is not able to restore, that God is not able to make new, that God is not able to answer your prayers. And this is why you are feeling hopeless, because you are believing the lies of the enemy that says that your God is deceiving you. And sometimes, yes, like we said yesterday, you make God the object of your hope. But then your God is so small that it seems like he is not able to bear that which he has promised. He cannot perform because he is too small in your own thoughts, in your own estimation. So making God the object of your hope, but having a God that is so small that is not able does not help. And therefore you become afraid that God will not be able to do it. And you start to believe the lies that the enemy is telling you. And that is at the point when you start to feel hopeless. Hopeless that things will not change. Hopeless that there is no answer. Hopeless that God will not come through. Hopeless that God is not able to come through. And you have given up. You have stopped fighting. You have stopped, stopped resisting. You have stopped, stopped fighting for that which matters. That which is worth having. You have stopped maybe even praying for the matter. Because you are feeling hopeless. Oh friend, I want to encourage you today. That this hopelessness is not of God and it is unnecessary. And let's return back to the story to see what King Hezekiah did in the face of these threatenings, in the face of these lies where the enemy is saying that, Oh, Hezekiah, your God is a liar. So in Second Kings chapter 19, verse 14, and we're going to read 14 to 19, and then we're going to read 32 to 37. So just bear with me and listen carefully to these words. Verse 14. And Hezekiah received the letter of the hand of the messenger and read it. 
And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before God. So friend, here is your first tip. Take these lies to God. Bring it before God. Discuss it with God. Do not be afraid to talk to God about your worries. In verse 15 it says, And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwells between the cherubims, and you are the God, even you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down your ear and hear. Open, Lord, your eyes and see, and hear the words of Sena Sherib, which he has sent him to reproach the living God. Just pause there for a moment, friend. Do you realize that when the enemy comes against you and tells you these lies, that he is attacking God in your life? And therefore give the battle back to God. It is not your battle to fight. It is God's battle to fight. Verse 17. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods. But the works of men's hand, wood and stone, and therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the God, even you only. And then we read in verse 32, And God is answering, and therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria. So God is answering Hezekiah here. He shall, and talking about the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, and nor cast a bank against it. By the way that he came, by the same way he shall return, and shall not come into the city, says the Lord. For I will defend the city, to save it for my own sake and for my servant David's sake. And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote the camp of the Assyrians, a hundred, four score and five thousand. So a hundred and four, I can't make that calculation now, but it's like a couple of hundred thousand of the soldiers. And they, when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. And it came to pass, as he was worshipping in the house of Nishroch, his god, that Adramalek and Sharezer, his sons, smote him with the sword, and they escaped into the land of Armenia. And Esaharodon, his son, reigned in his stead. Oh, friend, there you have it. You see here that no matter how big your problems, no matter how dark the hour, no matter how hot the fire, no matter how big the storm, no matter how powerful the enemy, no matter how high the walls and how strong the inhabitants, no matter the amount that fights against you, no matter how serious the sickness, no matter how great the sin, no matter how great the hatred, it doesn't matter what the situation is, friend. 
God is able. And He will never disappoint those that trust in Him and put their hope in Him. For there is nothing too hard for the Lord. And therefore, friend, you never, never have to be hopeless. Oh, friend, thank you so much for listening today. I hope and trust and believe that this will be an encouragement to you to know that the hopelessness that you might be feeling in your life is not of God, but it is the lies of the enemy. And you have believed those lies, and therefore you are feeling hopeless. But friend, today you have the opportunity to deal with these. Bring them to God and give the battle back to God. Put your trust in the Lord again and stand firm, knowing that He is able for nothing is too hard for the Lord. A friend, may you have a wonderful day. Never give up. Never stop hoping. Never stop praying. And never stop trusting. And as always, friend, may God bless you.